Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. Six five seven three eight three one five two one. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH. Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe Renee. What's going on, everybody? How the heck is everybody doing? Oh, my goodness. Nightmare Jones is finally back. You know, last week, everybody came back. Well, Nightmare Jones, you know, he had to work. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be here last week. Made me mad. Made me upset. I cried a little bit. I cried myself to sleep because I missed each and every single one of you. But that's okay because Nightmare Jones is back, ladies and gentlemen. Back and better than ever and ready to go. Let me tell you, we've got a great, great show for you tonight. We've got the High Spot segment. We've got the Shooting Shop segment. We've got the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. We've got the Fantasy Wrestling segment. And if that's not enough, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the one and only Rock Riddle coming on at 7.30. And at 8.30, we've got the one and only Logan Frost coming on. It's going to be absolutely amazing, ladies and gentlemen. And it wouldn't be the Russell Talk Podcast unless we did one thing, and that is welcome the Night Owl to the Russell Talk Podcast So. Uh, Hardcore Hots, if you could please play that music for me. Hardcore Hots. Hardcore Hots. play the the music for me, sir. We might be having a little bit of technical difficulties, but that's okay because boom. And I'm back, sir. 
Yeah, I cried a little bit. You know, I, I had to cry myself to sleep last week because I couldn't be on the uh, the uh, show. But but you and uh, uh, the co-host for, for last week really, really did a great job. So kudos to you two. Wow, the co-host from last week. Let me tell you something, Nightmare Jones. If there's one thing I learned last week, that Drake Lee is a person does not forgive and forget. The fact that you didn't say that he was the greatest fill-in host of all time is going to absolutely piss him off. And I'm telling you right now, you're absolutely going to be hearing from Drake Lee's people, Nightmare Jones, because Drake Lee demands his respect. Now, whether he deserves it or not, I think it's up for debate, but he's going to be pissed that you did not say Drake Lee hosted last week and he was the best co-host of all time. <laughs> but with that said, John, let me tell you, bro, I am so happy to have you back. The WrestleTalk podcast is going and we're going strong. The brand is strong, ladies and gentlemen, episode 313. I want to give a major, major shout-out uh, to all the people that are already tuning in. My man, Brandon Buck from Gladius. Uh, shout-out to Susie Hawks, checking in from the beautiful state of Virginia. And everybody else who happens to be listening to us over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Joe, we got so much to get into this week, bro. Shout-out to my man, Hardcore Hoss, our audio engineer, killing it, doing way better than intern Timmy uh, ever did. And guess what, Jonesy? We're just getting started because we got a hell of a show on deck, man. Have you told the people who we've got joining us this week? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we've, we've got the one and only Rock Riddle joining us. You know, legendary guy. Legendary. Like, there's so much stuff that this guy's done It's not even funny. It's not even funny. And then we've, we've, we've got Logan Falls coming on. It's going to be a great, great show, ladies and gentlemen. It really, truly is. Well, let me tell you something that makes me really excited, Joe. Not only do we have those two illustrious guests, right after the first hour, we've got the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion calling in where members of the FWWC call in and talk trash better than anybody in the fantasy wrestling game. Also, my guy, at the end of the first hour, we're going, to be play, uh, we're going to be going into the shoot and shout segment. That's a little bit of a therapy session. Everybody gets 30 seconds to fuss and complain about something that's pissing them off, and that's always a great time. And then to close out the show, Nightmare Jones, we got a little bit of a trivia challenge. That's right. Either you or me are going to get a chance to go one-on-one. And not many people can lay claim, but one of us is going to get to go one-on-one with the one and only Logan Frost in a little bit of a trivia challenge. Also, tonight, Joe, I know you've been out for a couple of weeks, but tonight I'm actually going to be announcing how we're going to be giving away this, I would love to say one of a kind, it's not one of a kind, but it's still freaking badass, okay? Highly collectible, Zack Ryder autographed picture. You guys know him as Matt Cordara on uh, AEW, I've got him in his Zack Ryder gear donated to us by the king of Bleak Style, baby. A little bit later on in the show, I'm going to announce exactly how you, the members of the Wrestle Talk family, can win yourself that autograph picture, man. It does not get any better than that. And before we move on and get into high spots and all that, Jonesy, allow me to remind everybody that not only does the Wrestle Talk family 
make the Wrestle Talk podcast possible, Jonesy, but also our illustrious sponsors, starting with Royal Mills Transportation, taking care of all your local needs in the greater Kansas City area. Also, King K slash RetroZone at the Oak Park Mall. They've got a vintage toy shop. They're opening up an arcade. Those guys love us, and we love them, and we highly recommend that you check them out. Also, eSports Bar KC. It is the one destination for the greatest watch parties in the Midwest, unless you're actually going to the pay-per-views, which at this point you really can't. So I would dare to say that it's the best watch party anywhere, anytime that we have one over at eSports. Big shout-out to those guys for a wonderful SummerSlam watch party. It was probably our best one yet. Also, bro, our brothers, our podcast brothers over there at the Conspiracy Farm, Slash, it's me speaking to you, Jay Hollywood, UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Milicic. Those guys have been with us since day one. So shout out to my amigos, my brothers over there at the Conspiracy Farm, Slash, Everything Combat. They do a lot of dope stuff over there. The Conspiracy Farm, it's me speaking to you. They're all over the damn place. And, of course, bro, last but not least, our newest sponsor that we love so much, I-70 Sports Media. Anything revolving around sports in the state of Missouri, make sure you guys hit the like button over at I-70 Sports Media for all things Missouri sports. We love those guys over there. They always take care of us. They've been very loyal, and they've seen the fruits of being a sponsor of the Russell Talk podcast. Our friends would tell you themselves. Just ask Jeremy Carp. He'll tell you. Just ask him. Jonesy, I am excited. I'm glad that we got that out of the way because it is time, baby, to do what we always do about this time, and it's where we ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts as we honor the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. Pay-per-view, 
Matt Hardy took one heck of a fall, and AEW kind of got a lot of uh, a flack for that because of the fact that Matt Hardy was obviously knocked out. He obviously was, was not in any shape to continue the match, but they continued with the match. Um, so uh, my, my, my question, Renee, is does AEW get a pass because of AEW, or do you think that they should be held to the same standards that those would hold the WWE to? Well, it depends who you who you're asking to hold them accountable. If it's the marks on Twitter, bro, there's no way they're ever going to hold AEW to the same standard <laughs> that they hold the WWE. And I know that's something that's been uh, 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 kind of a crick in your neck for a long time that the fans of AEW are very biased, okay? But we did talk about this last week, Joe, and here's the conclusion that I came to. And, and I will say this. This past week's show, last Wednesday, was quite good. The main event between Brody Lee and Dustin Rhodes was very, very entertaining. Uh, Taya Conti, uh, even though she took kind of a quick loss, had still had a good match against Nyla Rose. Uh, also, the, uh, the tag team situation in AEW is probably the most entertaining of any company in professional wrestling. And then we saw the introduction of Miro. Miro Day. Miro Day. Miro Day. It doesn't really have the same ring as Rusev Day, but I think eventually we'll get into it and it'll be fine. So with that said, Joe, I contended and I made the argument to Drake Lee that I believe that the beginning of AEW All Out, the first 20% of that show was the worst beginning of any pay-per-view that I have ever seen from the, the match inside the dental clinic with Big Swole and Britt Baker, and then it went straight from that to the situation with Matt Hardy, where he almost killed himself on the concourse of Derry's Place or Daisy's Place or whatever the hell that place is called. It was terrible, and they caught a lot of flack, but here's what was encouraging. As much flack as they caught, Joe, some of it, a lot of it, was legitimate concern for the well-being of Matt Hardy, which he addressed last Wednesday. So from that perspective, I was very curious to see the professional wrestling community come together for the sake and the well-being of Matt Hardy. But should they be forgiven for making that sort of mistake? Hell no. Joe, and it doesn't even matter if you forgive them because they do it all the time, every time that they throw that freaking trash bag, Joey Janela, in front of my TV. It drives me absolutely nuts. And by the way, we encourage anybody who happens to be listening by phone, Brandon Buck, you want to come in and talk to us during the high spot segment, as long as you can keep it short and sweet, we would love for you to dial in and dial 657-383-1521 to join us live. And one thing I did forget, Joe, before I throw it back over to you, I know you guys saw, I was pouring up a growler into my very own WrestleTalk podcast mug, customized and engraved with my very own name at the bottom. You can own one for $20 plus shipping. There will never be one like it because it will have your name hand engraved in the glass. And let me tell you, this lasts a lot longer than a crummy T-shirt. If you take care of it, it could last you a lifetime. So if you're interested in getting 
I mean, you know, a- a- absolutely. You know, it it was, you know, the worst, you know, opening to a, a pay-per-view that I've seen for quite some time. Uh, you know, it, it it was a scary situation, you know, from Matt Hardy falling, you know, the the way that 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 he did to uh Matt Seidel almost killing himself <laughs> during the uh, uh, the uh, shooting star press. But you know what? I will say the elite took that and made that absolutely hilarious because there's a guy there that is on the elite. I, I don't know what the guy's name was, but on the elite, they 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 had him come up to them and and uh, and say that he wanted to be in the. Uh, the uh, uh, match, and that match, they told him that Matt Sadell had taken his spot. So this guy comes out there and puts all kinds of grease on the top turnbuckles. So they're saying that that's what caused Matt Sadell to uh, crash and burn the way that, that, that he did. That, it's freaking awesome. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that AEW is is able to, you know, take, take, take something and, like, make a storyline out of it. I, I think it's it's actually kind of cool. And, you know, talking about Miro coming to AEW, you know, that's that's kind of huge. Because, you know, Miro is one of, of the most well-known wrestlers right now. Like, he was insanely over in the WWE, and now he's in AEW. And, you know, he, he didn't have a, a lot of good things to say about the WWE. The WWE, and you know that that kind of struck a note because I'm always one of the the, the type of person where you know it, wrestling is like a job. If, if you quit your your job, the last thing that you want to do is publicly bash them because you never know when you need to go back to that job. You know, you know that that that's just so. I don't like that aspect, but I'm glad that that he's able to be in AEW and wrestle again. Well, I'm very excited about that as well, Nightmare Jones. And you know what? Now that things are starting to open up a little bit, the crowds are starting to make their way back in, I'm very encouraged. And I'm very much looking forward to see what these wrestlers come back looking like. And since we are in the high spot segment, man, let me tip my cap. Because if people listen to the show, especially these last two weeks, it almost sounds like like we're every other podcast that just loves running wrestling down. That's, that's not it. I swear, if you listen to the show on a frequent basis, that's not what we like to do. But it's hard to not point out the obvious, right, Joe? So here's something to help put us back on track. I went to a Wrestling Revolver show earlier this year before COVID. And let me tell you something, it was phenomenal. We got to see Sammy Callahan. We got to see uh, Killer Cross and many, many other extremely talented wrestlers. Also, I got to see, for the very first time, a guy by the name of A.C. Romero. And if you guys don't know who A.C. Romero is, he is somebody that you could frequently see, I believe, over at MLW, that's Major League Wrestling, and also he works with Revolver quite a bit. Breaking news from SI.com, don't worry about the drop pass. SI.com reports that A.C. Romero has lost over 100 pounds in an effort to improve upon his professional wrestling career, okay, and to help extend his life. So round of applause and kudos 
listening to to AC, you know, I mean, being able to drive a hundred pounds is, is 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 absolutely huge, you know. So you know, it's 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 crazy, you know. Kudos to 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 AC, you know. I I, I really hope that a lot of wrestlers have taken this this time, you know, uh, away from wrestling, you know, to get themselves in you know better shape than they will be before, you know. Maybe hit hit the ring and hit hit the gym a little bit bit more, you know. Watch watch some wrestling to get you know some new move sets, you know, to get a better understanding. So hopefully, a lot of people have taken their, this opportunity. Do I think that it's going to happen? Probably not, but at least some people will. At least some people will. And I, and I got one more quick story for you, Josie, before we bring on the callers. Uh, an unfortunate uh, story coming out of the great state of Virginia, uh, courtesy of our friends over at WrestlingNews.co, and it's written by Paul Davis. Teddy Hart. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Of the Hart family fame. Teddy Hart was once again arrested several days ago, okay? So the city of Richmond arrest records list the charges as release on an unsecured bond with a promise to appear and a felony, uh, felony arrest warrant, okay, a felony arrest without a warrant. Not uh, This goes back to the 2014 incident where Teddy Hart is was wanted on sexual assault charges in Canada. This, those charges were dropped. He was arrested again in 2017 related to a DUI, evading arrest, and taking a vehicle without the owner's consent. So Teddy Hart, though everybody else in the world has been on lockdown, has managed to get himself arrested once <laughs> again. So much love. Hopefully, Teddy Hart finds the fulfillment that he needs. Maybe he'll find God somewhere along the way. I don't know. But, man, it just breaks my heart to see such a talented, charismatic badass continually being his own worst enemy and staying in trouble with the law. It's very, very disappointing. Yes, absolutely. It It is definitely, definitely, definitely disappointing. You know, Teddy Hart, you know, he's got to get – Get 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 himself in in line, you know. Like he keeps getting arrested and or whatnot. Man, it's it's it, it's crazy. Uh, Hardcore Hans, can you hit the uh, breaking news for me, sir? Oh, it's a breaking news. Yeah, daddy, let's go. Yes. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to attend not just any WrestleMania, but the first WrestleMania? Now, time time travel does not exist yet, but the WWE is giving fans the next best thing with newly colorized remasters of the Vince McMahon's epic gamble on wrestling, WrestleMania 1 and Madison Square Garden back in 1942, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The world was at war just months after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and a 37-year-old Vincent Kennedy LaFadora McMahon bet his life savings and his favorite pick on the very first WrestleMania 
Because when that happened to him, I felt terrible. And I'm just like, 
You know, in all honesty, I just uh, I just rewatched for literally the third time the uh, and and mind you, this will match on to your question, but I just literally watched for the third time the Taker series about everything he's done and how he finally retired uh, this last or this year, and I'm just like, man, you know, his style compared to Matt Hardy's style are two apples to oranges here. And Taker's earned his business, this and that. But back to subject, or back to topic, with Matt Hardy, I mean, bro, you, you <laughs> there's nothing more for you to prove. Everybody knows when they hear Hardy, they think Jeff and Matt. They don't think of the two jabrones from the, from the novels we used to read as kids. I mean, this is Matt Hardy. He, is, he has done everything, literally everything, and sacrificed his body more than he should but he only does it because he wants to entertain us, and especially now during COVID and everything else. There is no need for that bump. There could have been something else in a replacement for that that would have been just as dramatic and just as intense as that one was, you know, despite the fact that he legit was concussed. He was legit out of it. You could just tell. Right. And with referee Aubrey, automatically knew what was going on. I mean, you've got to imagine you've got to take the safety of the performers, whether they be referees or wrestlers or who have you alike, and that's your first concern. But, excuse me, screw television. You know, let's, let's focus on the safety of these guys because, I mean, who knows? Yeah. After the right. Hey, hey, listen, and listen, have... I'm going to jump in here just for the, yeah. for the sake of time, uh, Brandon, and I want to say this. I, I believe that even though AEW deserves some culpability because they, they, they kind of – green-lighted the spot, you trust the professionals in most of these cases, and who better than Matt Hardy to tell you what kind of high spot is good and what kind of high spot is bad. To me, it looked like they were trying to stop him, and he just stubbornly decided to move forward. So I can't give AEW heat for that, but I will say that if Matt Hardy's not willing to put the kibosh on himself, Somebody's got to step in and make that decision for him. And shout out to my man Jason Lee, who says the ring is addictive. It's not easy to just quit. I, I could not agree with that anymore just from a, a spectator's perspective. I want to do this before we just cut you off, uh, Brandon. 30-second Gladius Arena Wrestling. What do people need to go? Go. Well, first and foremost, I, I don't know if anybody's seen my post or not. I'm the official voice of Gladius Arena Wrestling. I was given a proposition. I signed the deal on the dotted line. I am happy to announce I am the Jim Ross, the Michael Cole, the everybody that you need to know for Gladius Arena Wrestling. September 26th in Leavenworth, Kansas at JW Crancers. We're having finally, because of COVID, our inaugural show. It's a great lineup. Uh, GAW will have a video posted of me announcing some of the matches coming on by and the build-up to what you do, Gladius Arena Wrestling Facebook page. Uh, check out the promo picture. And, I mean, we got some merch. We got some T-shirts. We got a little kid championship belt. Uh, there is no link for that. Uh, DM them if you would like to purchase that, and they'll get all the, pol- they'll get all the stuff for you. Um, and then, yeah, just you know, come out, support. I know there's some other wrestling stuff going on out there, but GAW has been waiting so long for this to happen, and thank goodness it's happening. Leavenworth, Kansas, September 26th, JW Crancers, the voice of GAW, myself included, brand the franchise buck with Ray Ganna and 
uh, Mr. Cr- uh, Professor Crippell. It's going to be a great show, Renee. It is going to be a great show indeed. And you know what? I haven't formally received the invite, but when Jason Gamble was here, he said, hey, you know what, Renee? You can't miss this show. Now, that was back when we were talking March. I'm guessing that the invite from then still holds true now. So who knows? Maybe I'll grab a bag of popcorn. Maybe I'll bring a couple of friends. And maybe we'll be sitting on the front row to enjoy the very first ever Gladius Arena Wrestling Show. Big shout-out to my man Gamma. Shout-out to everybody else that's working behind the scenes. I know every single person that I've seen on that poster, let me tell you, I don't care if the ticket's 20 bucks a piece. It's going to be worth it September 26th. Make sure you guys give them a follow and tell them the Talk podcast sent you. With that said, Jonesy, it is time, it is time to bring on the guest that so many people on our social media have been talking about this week, a man that is a true legend in every way, shape, or form. And you know what, Joe, since you're off a three-week hiatus, I'm going to go ahead and let you do the, uh, the introduction and lead off the interview, man. Would you do the honors? Oh, absolutely. You know, this is going to be an honor and a pleasure. This gentleman has been in the wrestling business for over 50 years, ladies and gentlemen. 50 years. He's wrestled some of the greatest of all time. Greg the Hammer Valentine, Kevin Sullivan, Conan, Chavo Guerrero, Bob Orton, Roger Roddy Piper, Mike Graham, Terry Funk, just to name a few. He's been in Hollywood. He's been in movies. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our honor and privilege to bring to you the one and only Rock Fantastic, but you cannot say that I've been in the professional wrestling business for 50 years because I was born July 12, 1973. So you have to shorten that up. I was more than two or three years old when I started wrestling. So there. So direct from his palatial (laughs) estate high in the hills of Hollywood, California, all of you amazingly lucky people are seeing him. Not really. You're hearing him live and in person. The first, the only, the original, Mr. Wonderful of professional wrestling, the Diamond Ring and Lamborghini Man, the man who possesses the body that men fear and women love, the intercontinental (laughs) lover, the Rolls Royce of wrestling, three-time, three-time Hall of Famer, Rock Riddle. You see, see, I thought I would... Now, can, 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 uh, can uh, we get Rock Riddle to uh, start doing our introductions for us? Because that was absolutely amazing. I don't amazing. know if we can afford the guy. I, I wish we uh, could. I just don't know if we can afford the guy. I mean, I'm just being You honest. cannot. <laughs> I'll, I'll share a story with you, if you'd like. I'll share a story with my friend Gerald Briscoe, who uh, oh. nominated me for a fourth uh, Hall of Fame, and that's the NWA Luthez Hall of Fame. So we'll see what happens next year when I go there. I'm there every year, except the years they can't. Rock, rock, let me stop you right there. Now, what we try to do here on the show is we bridge old school and new school. You know what the young guys call that, right, what you just did? That's called a humble brag. And you know what? We encourage it, so please continue. (laughs) Okay, fine. You see, because – Humble brag, four Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. That's a big deal. Of course. 
I've accomplished a lot in my life, and I have a lot more to go. Gerald Briscoe told me, you know, that Gerald Briscoe for, what, 30 years was with uh, WWE, and I think assumed the position of uh, senior vice president for a while, that kind of thing. Anyway, I have a video of him talking to me about how he emulates me, how, how he thinks everyone wants to be like Rock Riddle, and I said, Jerry... Let's get right to it. What is everyone really asking you? He says, well, everyone is talking. In fact, the president, Vince McMahon, the president of WWE and I have sat down and talked about bringing you in many, many times. But Vince knew that he would have to sell all of his stock and he would still not have enough money to pay the fees that you demand. I have a video of that, so. Okay, and we'll just keep moving on. If you don't have questions, I can interview myself. It's not a problem. I had a fellow a couple of years ago. I sent him an email. He wanted me to be on his radio show, two-hour live radio show. So I sent him an email, and I said this was the first time I was going to be on his show. I said, for the show, here's my suggestion. Say, Rock Riddle, would you please introduce yourself? Then don't say another word. We will have a brilliant two-hour show. Dude, dude, hold on. So, Rock, you, you have to understand, what? my buddy Joe, as great as he is, 313 episodes in, he's got a little bit of a speech impediment. So, I'm sure he's got some questions. Joe, jump in, baby, because we are in the fast lane, and you got to keep up. I do. I, I, I do. You know, uh, you know some, my first question doesn't even have to do with wrestling. You know, you, you've been involved in a lot of television shows such as the gong show the new soupy sales show the dating game how did you get involved in uh game shows well as a professional wrestler i was working for roy shire up in san francisco area decided that i would go down to los angeles leo garibaldi was booking he asked me to come down to la so i still went back and forth and and worked for uh for roy as well but when i was in los angeles i said oh gee I'm in Hollywood, the film capital of the world. I think I'll do some work as, a, as an actor. Leo Garibaldi, the booker, laughed. He says, ha, millions of people say that, Rock Riddle. They all, they all fail. They fail. They come from all over, the world to fall, all over the world to fall on their face. And if you do that, you'll be starving. You'll lose so much weight. You'll be begging me to book you again. And I'll say, I'm sorry, Rock, I can't because you're too skinny. So like four weeks later, I was in the dressing room in the Olympic Auditorium. And I said, Leo, Thursday night, NBC, 8 o'clock, and watched his face. And every time I had another television show or another movie, I simply went back and loved to see the, the, the face, the expression on the face of the amazing Leo Garibaldi. So how did I do it? By simply deciding I was going to do it. All we have to do is conceive of something, believe it, conceive it, believe it, achieve it, as simple as it sounds. Don't stop ourselves. I did seven shows for Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris loved me. He was great. He understood my sense of humor, and he paid me one of the greatest compliments that I've been paid in the entertainment industry. I kept coming up with different acts for his show. I was paid as professional talent. Those who don't know, there were real amateurs on 
non-actors, non-professionals, and there was professional talent paid to be on there as well. And so I kept coming up with different, different little skits, if you will, different ideas. And Chuck Berry said, I have a, an idea for a running gag for you on this show. And I said, okay, let me finish out the things that I have in mind first, and, and then we'll see what we can go from there. But Chuck would sit down with me every time, no matter what he was doing, and he was worth $17 million at the time and then went, became much more wealthy. And he would ask me about my career and how everything was going. He told me this as a compliment. He says, Rock Riddle, you are the first person I've met who totally gets the concept of this show. Other people thought it was either totally real or just totally ridiculously stupid. But it, I had a lot of fun doing it. He had one of his assistants call me and ask me if I would do the dating game. And I said, I'm not doing the dating game. I'm not crazy. And the person said, well, Chuck would like you to do it. I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. They said, Rock Riddle, you put yourself in a straight jacket with a, with a big Mexican sombrero on your head, put yourself in a straight jacket, not been able to get out of it, fallen down the stairs, stayed with, there for the rest of the show. You've, done, you've broken boards and beat up a dummy. You've sang horribly. You've done all these crazy things. These have to be the most embarrassing things for most people who would never, ever consider doing that. Why won't you do the dating game? And I thought for a moment, and as I was thinking this, Chuck would really like you to do it. He asked me to call you. I said, could I do it in character? He said, of course. He said, okay, I'll do it. But then uh, the running gag never did happen because I got involved in other things and just did not have time for it. But Chuck Barris was a wonderful, wonderful man, and I miss him. I miss so many people. I've been so fortunate to know so many people in the professional wrestling business, which is my number one love, and that's my, that's my life. You cut me, I bleed wrestling. I don't bleed entertainment. I don't bleed film and television. I bleed wrestling. And the wrestling family, that's my family. That's my, my big family. What else would you like to know? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I have one more question, and then I know that Vinay is chomping at the a bit. You know, you wrestled, you know, the, the huge hue of professional wrestling, from Greg DeHammer Valentine all the way down yeah. to recently uh, wrestling Matt Stryker at the 2019 <laughs> uh, Akeem, the uh, Casino Royal. Um, but... The name that struck out the most was uh, this gentleman. I, I watched him when, when 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 I was younger, and that was Andre the Giant. Can you tell us about competing against Andre the Giant? The first time I wrestled Andre the Giant, you need to understand, and people don't know how professional wrestling was. They they take a look at what they see on television now, and they think that's wrestling. Yeah, it's based on wrestling, <laughs> but that. Back a few years ago, yes, like, for example, now there are wrestling schools. Now all ha someone needs to have really is money to pay a wrestling school, and then they can be given information and put through the paces, and if they're very lucky and very good, maybe become a professional wrestler. The way it used to be, you would call the promoter. The promoter would say, if you were persistent, yeah, come on out for a tryout. The tryout would be basically you choose whoever you want to wrestle who's there. Usually you choose one of the preliminary guys, one of the smaller guys, and the smaller guy, the small guy's job was to break a bone 
was to break your arm, send you away, because the business was that serious, and we protect the business. I still protect the business. So then if the person had an arm broken, would go away, the arm would heal. If that person was persistent enough and came back again, the second time they may break something else or do some sort of, of injury that will put him out. If he comes back a third time, if he has a really good attitude, if he has respect for the sport of professional wrestling and the people who paved the way for him, then at that point they might give him an opportunity to get in the ring and actually wrestle. And that person oftentimes would wrestle for about six months. Do we? Wow. I'm talking to people who are, well, I'm, I'm looking for a word here, and I'm not sure because, as you know, I'm old school, and I hate to give away anything, although a lot of things have been given away. So that person for six months would not know any of the inside maneuvering of professional wrestling, if you get my drift. So Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant and I were wrestling in this super huge arena. I don't know, if Chicago's International Amphitheater, it was something big like that. Uh, way, I think close to 20,000 people, maybe even more. In these big arenas, on one side, way on one side of the building, those are the good guys. Boy, am I old school or what? On this side of the building, way over here, it seems like a quarter of a mile away, are the bad guys. So we've got heels on one side, and we've got the sweetie pies on the other side. And we very seldom, I'll just say me, I hardly ever had any idea who I was going to be wrestling before I got to the arena. A lot of times when I would drive into the town, I would look for posters Yes, there used to be wrestling posters in all sorts of storefronts. <laughs> and I would see Rock Riddle versus Pat Patterson. Okay, good. Pat Patterson, beautiful. I will have something to eat before I go to the arena. Pat Patterson will be like a, a night off. Pat Patterson will have, it will be, ah, it will be like a symphony. It will tear the house down. We'll do 45 minutes. We'll do a 45-minute draw. I would say Broadway, but you folks may. That's inside. Now you have to throw that away. Forget I said it. And if I saw Rock Riddle versus Lou Thez, like in my very early days when Lou was um, just about get to be out of the business, still, gee, when Lou Thez was in his 80s, I wouldn't touch him. Oh, my gosh. That guy was amazing. I see Rock Riddle versus Lou Thez, and I say, okay, I'm not eating anything before the matches. I'll have something after the matches are over. So Andre the Giant is way on the other side of the arena. I'm on this side. The referee has been on the other side of the building, and he just came into our dressing room. He says, Rocky, you're wrestling uh, Andre the Giant. I said, okay. He says, have you ever wrestled him before? I said, no, never. I saw him on television, never met him before. He says, okay. Then that's odd because uh, Andre said he's afraid of you. And I looked at the referee, knowing that there are senses of humor that are extreme in the professional wrestling business. <laughs> and I said, Andre's afraid of me? Okay, tell me his exact words. And the referee put his finger to his chin like he's thinking, looked up a little bit to the right, then looked back at me, and he says, 
Andre said, I'm afraid I'll kill that guy, Rock Riddle. I said, well, that's a little bit different than I'm afraid of Rock Riddle. So that was his little <laughs> joke. Andre, wow. was a be- Andre was a great friend. He was a beautiful man. Uh, 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 he's someone else I miss so terribly. Andre had me, I'll just give you one example to show you his sense of humor. If he liked you, you were golden. If you made him mad, that man would um, discipline you. How do we say that in a nice way? He would discipline you. Okay, he has me up for a body slam. Yeah, okay. Uh, Go Go ahead. Yeah, I I have definitely heard that. uh, I've heard stories about Andre the Giant and uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. So, yeah, I've heard Uh, those stories. (laughs) Okay. Picture this: Andre the Giant is near the one of the corner in the ring. He has me up as for a body slam, but he's just holding me there. I have tights and trunks on. He has one of his hands; his thumb is inside the top of my tights. He is looking up at me, grinning as he is pushing his thumb toward my feet. Everyone who can visualize this, you should, should be smiling. As I, as I am, I am holding on with both hands to my tights so that he's not going to be able to get them uh, over my wrestling boots. And he just Take looks up and grins. <laughs> Bro, and, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> hey, every, every man would be jealous, and I don't know if – all the women could never look at their men anymore, which happened a lot anyway. So he had me up for the body slam, and then whenever he felt like it was time, he shoved me from the shoulders straight up in the air. I'm going from one corner. I'm up in the air. I feel myself turning in the air. I'm saying, okay, I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit. Eventually, I'm going to hit. Eventually, I'm going to hit. Hopefully, I'll be okay. Eventually, I'm going to boom, boom. still breathing. The breath was not knocked out of me. I'm okay. Andre comes over. He's got the big grin on his face again. He steps on my stomach with his, with both feet and then smiles again. And that's uh, five, that was 525 pounds of, of uh, weight with that amazing man. I can tell you many stories about Andre, but there we go. We, we're limited on time. I know so you're only paying me for an hour. So, uh, by the way, I I noticed that there's been no electronic deposit to e- any of my bank accounts from you so far. So, that is a for well, you a very special. Uh, Rock, 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 Rock. Rock. of all that. So don't He's worry about that. You Nightowl will take care of all that, won't you, Nightowl? <laughs> oh my gosh. There oh we my are. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm looking. I'll tell you what. That, that, oh, go ahead. No, well, on top of the the well-deserved payout for Rock Riddle, I'm so delighted to 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 have you on and sharing these stories. I mean, you're you're a a, you know real-world winner for the CAC, and I want to talk to you about the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, What I want to do, if it's all right with you, Rock, is we're actually going to send you out a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. Now, I don't know if you're a beer drinker; you don't have to be. You can put root beer floats in here, Coca-Cola, whatever it is that you like. We're going to put your name on one of these mugs, and we're going to ship it out to you. Because let me tell you something. 
on the show. We've had a lot of Hall of Famers on the show, but few. I, I, a few come to mind. Tracy Smothers comes to mind. Uh, um, uh, Kevin Sullivan comes to mind. Uh, uh-huh. Savio Vega comes to mind. Guys that have stories and are so willing to share them. Thank you, because you're blessing the professional wrestling community by coming on and telling these stories, right? I don't know if you realize that. You are a true gem, a diamond that many, many people should be taking advantage of in the professional wrestling world. You're just a wealth of knowledge, and the way you tell stories is phenomenal. So so thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you very much. So uh, as I was saying just before that, I really do appreciate what you just said, and as humble as I am, I agree with what you just said. So I am looking at my bank accounts now as we're talking, and I don't see anything that $2,700 honorarium from Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee, show number 313. So I, I'm sure it will show up by tomorrow. I'm not concerned. It's only money. Who cares? Don't worry. Don't worry. It, it will be there. And you know what? Instead of being selfish and getting immediately into my questions, we do have some questions for some of the members of the WrestleTalk family. The first question is from our buddy, one of our top fans, Aaron Wallace. And his question is simple. How did you first get into professional wrestling? Thank you. Great question. I was 14 years old. I was very shy. I was very skinny. I would sit in the back of the classroom fearing that I would ever have to utter a word that, that, that the teacher might call upon me. And I knew I would not be able to do it. And then, of course, the greatest well, fear was to call upon you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm still a very shy guy. Can't you hear that in my voice? Oh, I can so see it. I can, I can hear it. <laughs> my biggest fear would be that the teacher would call me to go to the front of the room to answer a question in front of all of the other students. And I knew that I would literally die before I got to the front, front of the room. Anyway, the, a bunch of the kids were there early for a class, and the teacher wasn't in yet. And all these people, this was in North Carolina, so I can do the accent for you. They said they were talking about two horrible, from their point of view, professional wrestlers, a tag team by the name of Rip Hawk and Sweet Hanson. At Hawk and Hanson, they ought to be kicked out of state. They shouldn't lay, be allowed to wrestle at all. They called us ignorant dirt farmers. I wish somebody had run over them with a truck. So they had hatred for these two wrestlers. I had no idea. I knew I had heard the words professional wrestling. I did not know who these people were. I had not been introduced to professional wrestling. So the following Saturday, I sat on an oriental rug in the middle of my living room after I had walked up to the television and turned it to the correct channel, channel 11, and I watched live, no six-second or ten-second delay, absolutely, totally live, I watched my first professional wrestling match. George Becker and Johnny Weaver were on. Two major, major international superstar wrestlers of that time. And I was absolutely amazed because there was a female like 14 or 15 years old, and just a regular person. She was the head of their fan club, and she and a couple of other young people like sort of my age – but just normal people, they came on, and they, they were on real television, and real people don't get to go on television. So I was – my jaw dropped. Just, uh, ordinary people on television? This is crazy. They made a presentation to their heroes, George Baker, Johnny Weaver. They gave them a plaque of appreciation, and they gave them an old-timey large plastic radio. And then Rip Hawk. Ah, 
Nice. Rip Hawk, bleached blonde, sun-tanned, bigger than life, strutted over. He says, Weaver, uh, that's really good. You got the fan club and stuff. C- could I see what gift they gave you? And Johnny Weaver is very apprehensive, doesn't trust Rip Hawk. Rips out, I just want to see it. I think you deserve it. I think this is a really good thing that they did. I don't have a fan club. I just like to see it. Very reluctantly, Johnny Weaver hands him, hands Rip Hawk, this big plastic radio. Rip takes it as high above his head as he possibly can, slams it to this concrete floor, breaks into a hundred pieces. He stops what's left of it, and this amazing melee ensues. As I'm watching this follow-up and what goes on for the rest of the program, I'm watching this super bad guy, Rip Hawk, the person whom everyone truly hated. And I'm, my perception is this guy is taking such joy in the fact that everybody hates his guts, that he's doing everything he can to not smile. As a kid, 14-year-old kid, I got that. I saw the humor. I saw the insight and the understanding and the mastery of the sport that this man had. And I thought, gee, what more? What, what, what can they do that would be more irritating or more, or funny or humorous? I'll start a fan club for Rip Hawk and Sweet Hanson, the two most hated wrestlers ever. And I did. It was a joke. I had a little card printed that said International Rip Hawk and Sweet Hanson Fan Club. The motto was fair, square, modest, and honest. It was great. Now I'm at the, I'll speed this up. Now I'm at the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. I have two of my little friends, two other shy little picked-on, bullied friends. And we're near the dressing rooms because we're watching these huge, larger-than-life, real professional wrestlers going in and out of the dressing room. So I have my little fan club card out, and the announcer, who's a television announcer, he does the news. He's a big deal, and he's doing the announcing that night. And he came over to me. He says, what do you have there? I said, uh, well, sir, I, I, I've got uh, – it, it's a card. He said, oh, a card. Could I see that? And I said, well, sir. I had, and by that time, it's in his hands. He says, oh, Rip Hawk, sweet, handsome thing. I tell you what, kid, stay here. I'm going to go down to the dressing room and show this to Rip. Imagine the blood draining from my face. The panicked look. Oh, God, I did this without asking this man. He is a real bad character, and I hope he sees the humor, because if he does it, I don't know what to do. Maybe I should run. Should we run? I asked the other two guys, should we get out of here? And by that time, here comes the amazing Rip Hawk walking over to me. And I'm shaking, and he says, hey, kid. I said, yes, sir. This fan club thing. Yes, sir. Are you serious about that, kid? I said, well, he says, because if you're serious, I'll help you. I'll get you pictures of Sweden myself. Oh, my gosh. This one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever in the world, Rip Hawk just said, hey, I'll help you. Wow, let's go fast forward because to, in order to answer your question. 
Maybe a year later, I was talking to Rip Hawk again because he sort of accepted me, and I was his fan club president, stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. And he, I remember this day, he says, hey, kid. I said, yes, yeah, sir. See, I'm a little more confident then. Uh, kid, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, well, I'm not really sure. He says, you want to be a wrestler, kid? Yeah, I weighed like 128 pounds at that time, maybe, dripping wet. <laughs> so that didn't, and skinny and still shy. He says, think you can do it, kid? I said, well, he says, I think you can do it. Here is my ultimate hero, one of the greatest professional wrestlers in my lifetime, and the person who basically saved my life. I had no life before I was 14. Professional wrestling gave me the life. Rip Hawk encouraged me. Rip Hawk, the best, best expert I've known about professional wrestling, says, think you can do it. Be a wrestler. I think you can do it. On my 16th birthday, I said, I'm going to become a professional wrestler. Everyone laughed at me. I remember being in uh, a little town in Graham, uh, called Graham, North Carolina, in a barber shop. It's a one room, sort of an add-on to a house that has one barber chair in it, getting my hair cut. The bar, I told the barber, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. He says, and he was representative of everyone. He said, boy, that's funny. You, you ain't, you out of your mind. You'd have to gain over a hundred pounds. What a pipe dream, man! You, you bone structure's too small. You ought to just get yourself a job like your daddy. He's been working in a drugstore since he's fourteen. I mean, sure, he's only like a soda jerk and that stuff like that. But uh, you know, he's going to have his house paid for in eight years. I, I think uh, I don't see why anybody want to leave the county. He's uh, got everything you want right here. I think y'all just uh, uh, get get a little more uh, grounded and uh, get yourself a job. I said, okay. Five years later, how I got into the wrestling business, went down to Florida and called the wrestling promotion and got myself my little tryout, so to speak, without any bones being broken. And uh, five years later, I'm back in North Carolina, near my hometown, sold out the National Guard Armory, wrestled George Becker, former, former world champion. Beat him in the middle of the ring. Main event started a little riot. The uh, police started calling all of the surrounding areas because they thought it was going to be a huge riot. Even at that point, I knew how to control the people. I knew it wasn't. I would not allow it to get out of hand. And I, I learned that by not being able to stop them before and learning how to do that. The ability. Think about this. People, everyone who's listening. Whether or not you've ever been in a professional wrestling ring, let me tell you what it's like. You and I are in the ring. There are over 20,000 people in the stands. You and I are wrestling. We can stand those people up, bring them to the edge of the ring, back them up, and sit them back down in their seats at will. That is called ultimate power. Nick Bockwinkle said, it's more addictive, professional wrestling, more addictive than heroin. I wouldn't know about drugs. I don't do drugs. And, uh, yeah, root beer float would go in there very nicely. Thank you very much. So I haven't forgotten that. But, no, I never never liked the taste of beer. Tasted it when I was a kid. It was terrible. So, so <laughs> made the front page of the uh, newspaper the next day. Uh, in, in fact, I'll tell you, this, this is somewhat interesting. There was an, an old um, 
African-American gentleman there, thin, tall, had a cane because I, I'm quite sure he needed the cane to walk with the cane. So I didn't pick on him. I picked on everybody. As I'm coming out of the ring and we see some knives come out, but that's par for the course. I used to chase people who pulled knives on me into a hostile crowd, take the knives away, and then discipline them a bit. We can talk about that another time, or if we have time, remind me, and I can go into that a little bit. But this, this gentleman, he was standing there with his, with his cane raised above his head in a semi, not really threatening, but a semi-threatening position. Now, had I just kept walking to the dressing room, he would have just stood there holding the cane. But I looked at it as an opportunity. I turned toward him, took a step to, toward him. He had no choice but to come down with the cane with both hands. I did a, a background in martial arts. I did a power block with my left arm, like a martial arts block, if you can imagine that. Cane broke over my arm, didn't hurt me at all. And uh, then as I'm down in the dressing room, I'm thinking about, oh, my gosh. The, the paper said that after he hit me, I pushed him. I knocked him over eight rows of chairs. I actually just put my hand gently on his chest and, and very gently pushed him backward out of the way. Now, if he went over a row or two of chairs, I have no idea how that happened. Anyway, I'm in the dressing room. This is in the National Guard Army. This is sort of the basement so that we're standing in the – I'm in the dressing room, and I can see I have to sort of step up a few steps to get to ground level. I could go out the window. I hear – at the door. Mr. Riddle? Uh-oh. Oh, God. What is it? Police. Said, okay. Do I go out that window right now and avoid this, or do I go to jail for assault on this old man? <sighs> okay. Open the door. Let him in. Cops. Like three of them there with others standing behind them. And the spokesperson, I guess the sergeant, he says, uh, Mr. Riddle? I said, yes. He said, uh, the old fellow with the cane? <sighs> yes. What do you want us to do to him? I said, excuse me? Uh, do you want to press charges? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my very best not to, not to, to smile, not to laugh. Sounds, like, looking... sounds like the LAPD. <laughs> Oh, okay. Not going there. Okay. That's another I, story. I, uh, if you want to do controversial stuff, I, I can be controversial and confrontational. And anyway, they said, "What do you? What should we do with him?" And I said, "Tell you what. Just, just scare him a little bit. Let him go. He meant no harm." Yes, sir, Mister Rail. Thank you. And they left. And I fell down in the floor. I just like, like the body just turned to rubber. And of course, it was a dramatic thing to do anyway. And there's some dramatic part of this, the rock riddle guy. So afterward, I thought that was pretty cool. I can tell you many, many, many stories like that. Uh, ask that me who cool, trained man. me. Go ahead. Well, well, and I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But let me tell you something. I'm listening to you tell this story, and I'm actually just like, totally in shock, um, just the names that you've been able to share with us. And what I thought was funny was that you brought up that situation with police. And when I was doing my 
isn't like the first time that you've had some interaction with police officers during your professional wrestling career. And from what I understand, uh, and, and this is all these little questions, so bear with me. From what I understand, on one occasion, um, you drove from Winnipeg, Canada, uh, to Chicago and then back home, which is like a 444-mile one-way trip. Uh, I know you used to work seven times a week, uh, all sorts of different locations. Um, Not to spin off too far from where you were going, but I know a lot of young wrestlers listen to the WrestleTalk podcast. And a lot of young guys ask me, now, I've never been a professional wrestler. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a modestly successful commentator here in the Midwest. But they always ask me, hey, Renee, you've talked to so many different people in the pro wrestling world, many, many cauliflower alley, uh, you know, people that have been inducted. What, what do you suggest? And I always kind of go back to what Brutal Bob Evans says. you got to do the drives. Um, I know you run into a lot of talent, old school and new school. Um, before this gets away from me, what would you say to the younger talent? Because we see promotions like NWA coming back and being extremely successful because people miss what was going on in the 70s and 80s, okay? You were a big yep. part of that. What would you say to a young talent that approached you and said, hey, what do I have to do to attain success in this business? Any of that has to do with your willingness to hit the road. Rock, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I don't know where that, uh, how that relates to law enforcement, which is how you started this, but it's, so let's forget oh, no, law no, wait, enforcement wait, wait, for okay. a moment and, sorry, and stuff like that. Okay, let me finish, though. My mistake, I, I left that part off. So I guess in these trips while you were on the road, okay, Yes. at some point you were in the southern part of the United States, okay, you were riding the car, the car broke down, you and your partner flagged down the police. You were hustled to the county line on a code three oh. emergency. And from there, why don't you continue the story? My mistake. I forgot that part. Go ahead. Well, from the next, uh, from the county line to the county line, then there would be another sheriff or police car, and they would take us to the next one. And we made the matches. I had never, never missed a match. This was someone else's car. It wasn't my car. But it was very interesting to be able to ride in the backseat of the police car and to have such a great rapport <laughs> with those people. That was, I believe, uh, working for Vern, I'm sure it was, for Vern Gagne, who was uh, American Wrestling Alliance, American Wrestling Association, AWA, out of uh, Minneapolis, a city which has become famous recently. <laughs> But I lived in uh, I lived actually lived in Brooklyn Park, which was a suburb there for eight and a half months that I was working for Vern. And that 444 miles that was one way from my home to Chicago's International Amphitheater. Go there, wrestle, turn around, drive back. Sun would come up before we would get there. Then pick up someone like the Iron Sheik, Kazro Vasiri, and drive to the next town. So there was a lot of driving. Okay. For the young, younger people, you must have a burning desire. You must not have a plan B. If you have a plan B, you will do plan B. Failure is not an option. You must be your own number one fan, your own biggest fan. You must be your own hero. My only regret 
in all of my years in the professional wrestling business was that I was not able to sit front row ringside and watch myself in the ring. People usually laugh at that, but it's absolutely, totally serious because I created what I wanted to see. I took parts, little things from the best in the world. I said, what, who would I pay my money to see in the wrestling ring? What would the person look like? He would be blonde hair, suntan. He would, have, he would be great on the microphone. He'd be a great stick man, as they say. Uh, he would have velvet robes and, and multicolored tights and trunks, and, and he would, you would always see him in a suit, in these expensive suits otherwise, and he would have quality. He would talk down to the people. He would be cocky, condescending, arrogant. He wouldn't think he's better than you. He would know he's better than you. That is the original Mr. Wonderful. That is Rock Riddle in the ring. And that Mr. Wonderful, if you'd like to call it character, that character is so close, so shallow under the skin, under my skin, that I can bring that out at any point. So if I sound cocky, condescending, arrogant, that's because that's uh, the Mr. Wonderful Rock Riddle you hear. We love it. If we... We love oh. it. We, we love oh, it, I, Rock. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Yes. Made me a fortune. And, and let, me, yep. let me jump... Well, let, let me jump in and say, and say this. Um, out of the respect of time, we are nearing the end of this interview, but there are a couple of things that, that we have to get out of the way before you go. Uh, we had another question from a, uh, a a loyal listener, and I wanted to make sure that I got it to you. Clearly, you have you have stories. I'm sure you could pick out a couple of stories that one individual story would go an hour, and, and that's what we love to do here oh, on sure. the Wrestle Talk podcast. But but I believe, and I agree with this listener. Should you, or would you, or have you? ever written a book and try to put all these stories together on paper because I think that a book would do your stories way more justice than a 30-minute interview right here tonight on episode 313 on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Have you ever considered that? Have you already done a book or are you thinking about it? I wrote a book that became an Amazon.com number one bestseller and outsold Harry Potter when Harry Potter was the best-selling book of all time for one hour on Amazon. That was about the entertainment industry. The book on me should be – it's going to be early next year. It's, um, I, I need those extra few months now. It is entitled Simply Wonderful, The Choice, Serial Killer, Suicide, or legend, an intimate and brutally honest autobiography by professional wrestling's original Mr. Wonderful, Rock Riddle. It may end up being two volumes, and if it does, so be it. I'm also doing the audio book along with the writing of the book. Sometimes I do the audio first, sometimes I do the writing first. But yes, that's going to be there. For those people... Did I hear a arf, arf, arf. I just wanted to say that, that? Back to Who's the that? that? That sounds like your baby right there. You got to tell us who that is. Who was barking? That was me. That was somebody else's. I heard a dog. Somebody else has a dog, so I decided to bark back. <laughs> Joe, is that your dog? All right. Jeez Louise, I thought oh, we were going to oh. meet Rock Riddle's dog today. 
Thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, that's uh, awesome. Well, uh, go ahead. Here's, Rob. A, here's a couple. Th- here's a couple of things for the people I know. Well, wait a minute. Logan Frost, dump him. He can come on some other time. You have Mr. Wonderful on right now. I'm sure he'd love that. Okay. Usually, for the professional wrestlers who are listening and those who are in professional wrestling quality schools training to become real professional wrestlers, every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, there's something that I do. It's Facebook Live for Snake Pit Pro. So if you go to Snake Pit Pro, you have to be a real wrestler or someone who's training, and it's free to join. It's not my organization. It's Sin Bodhi's organization. It's free to join that. Uh, this week I'm actually doing Thursday at 5 o'clock Pacific, but every other week I'm doing 5 o'clock Pacific. So you can listen to me for two hours if you are vetted. And that, when I talk on there, I talk much more openly because every single person who is listening is a vetted, real professional wrestler, one of the boys. Uh, On the 24th, I'll be at Orange County Fairgrounds in Orange County, California. I am actually managing that. I do uh, color commentary, but because of the COVID thing, they said, uh, they they want the announcers to sit six feet apart. They said, yes, well, you only have to wait seven more weeks. Well, what happens in seven weeks? Election. Oh, Rock, that's funny. What can you tell me? Well, I talked to my doctor. I said, <laughs> and it'll be I said, over. <laughs> I said, I've been saying that. There you go. I have so much. Okay, everyone, go to rockriddle.info. Rockriddle.info, you can see where I'm going to be. You can uh, this. That website's going to grow a lot over the next few days. There's a calendar in there. You can see the information that we've been talking about and more. You'll see videotapes of all of the a lot of legends talking about me, all sorts of different things, because that's my favorite subject is me. I am managing Sin Bodhi, otherwise known as Kizarni from WWE. Sin Bodhi is wrestling Brandon Gatson. I will be in Sin's corner. If I were not former in Sin's corner, Brandon Jackson oh, might be. Brandon, Go ahead. the former guest of the show. We, we love Brandon. Brandon, I watched this kid. I watched him when he was a skinny, scraggly little kid training. And he says, Mr. Wonderful Rock Real, sir, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And I'm going to be really good and everything. I said, I hope you do, kid. Good for you. Yeah, okay. And then I came... I was hired by that same company to teach, that same school to teach another time three years later. I, they flew me in. I see Brandon Gatson again, but I didn't recognize him. He looked taller. His shoulders were broad, and the guy was really good. And now I consider him to be one of the best professional wrestlers alive today. So I've seen a lot. I've been able, as a color commentator, I am a regular for one of the larger wrestling promotions here. I'm able to watch him in the ring from close up, and he is incredibly good. I have no idea why he's not uh, somewhere that was already mentioned today. By the way, you had mentioned Matt Hardy. Oh, why should you have stopped? Why didn't they not do something? Hey, it's not ballet, and the show must go on. I worked... Five days straight with broken ribs, okay? So, cracked ribs, actually. Um, it's just, it's an idea, it's professionalism. 
I subscribe to the Kevin Sullivan School of Wrestling. We don't leave our feet. That's why we still have our own hips and knees, and you don't have to be doing stupid, crazy stuff out there. It's called professional wrestling. It's not called ballet. It's not called gymnastics routine. It's not called dance. It's called professional wrestling. Okay? There you have my little two takes on it. Did I finish everything that you asked me? Rockriddle.info. Yeah, it's not called acrobatics either. And for the sake of longevity... We would love to have the Matt Hardys and the Rock Riddles around for a long time. So you think you're doing us a favor by taking those sort of risks. We don't need you to do that, Matt. We don't need you to do that, Rock. We need you to be around for a long, long time so you can continue to share those stories with the many, many fans of professional wrestling and the listeners of the WrestleTalk podcast. Rock, two things before you go, man. We usually do a shooting chat. We're going to skip that. Um what I want to do is make sure that we do two things. Number one, we would love for you to come back on the show. Uh, I feel like we've only scratched the surface, tip of the iceberg, all those mm-hmm. cliche things. And number two, and I know you already kind of hit on it a little bit, but I want you to drop the information. Uh, I know you said rockriddle.info, but we need to know those two things. And then number three, which is the most important, allow myself, the night owl, my partner in crime, Nightmare Jones, to welcome you in as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. So, um, first, promise us you'll come back. Number two, drop the info. Go ahead. First of all, sure, as long as that check uh, hits my, or that amount of money hits my account tomorrow. With a yes, smile sir, on no, my no face. Worries. This, this is That's so fine. much fun doing this. It's the first time I do these video. I do them live, live. And I don't, I don't even have to look at the camera and, and see how gorgeous I am, which I do when I'm on live that way. <laughs> All right. So you can find out about a lot of things about me. Just go to rockriddle.info, or you can Google me, R-O-C-K-R-I-D-D-L-E. Put a dot and info after it. You'll find out some information. Look at the calendar of events. I teach a lot of things. I, teach a, I do a lot of webinars online in addition to the thing that I'm doing for Sin Bodhi's organization, Snake Pit Pro which they're doing it for free during the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, as they call it. <laughs> and uh, if anyone, I, I'm going to do something right now, and don't anyone abuse it. But if you would like, if you go on rockriddle.info, look at the calendar. You see anything that I'm associated with, any events where I'm in charge that you want to attend, especially the online events, Send me an email. This is my private email address. Do not publicize it. Only use it for this. The real rock riddle at gmail.com. The real rock riddle at gmail.com. And put in there at the very top, in the subject line, in capital letters, Russell Talk Podcast. Otherwise, it will get lost in the 12 or 1300 that I get every day. And I block, delete those things. I know it's been your pleasure having the amazing Rock Riddle on. Uh, so the answer to your question is, is sure, I'll, I'll be happy to do another one, come on and, and talk with you again. And uh, maybe we can have uh, less questions from you and more talk from me. That is a joke. Hey. <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, and you know what? I know Rock doesn't like to peel back the curtain, but you want to talk about a guy that knows how to play his role whether he's the good guy or the bad guy, look up Wrong. Rock Riddle. Book coming early Wrong. next year. Rock. Only bad guy. Go ahead, Rock. I'm only the bad guy. What? what? Never. 
I have only, only lifelong, career-long, bad guy, heel, nasty person. Because it's the only thing that's that much fun to do. Okay, where's the wisdom to close? Don't believe that's anything right. you hear. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and, unless, unless you're one of the ladies, Rock Riddle is smooth as ice, Daddy. I'm telling you right now. Bad guy for life, nice guy to the ladies. And I'll tell you what, this is not the last you've heard of Rock Riddle. You know why? Because rockriddle.info, rockriddle at gmail.com for exclusive content. No, no, no. Podcast. No, what? no, no, no. The real. Real. The real. real. Rockriddle Rock at gmail.com. Ah, Who knows who's getting the other right one? Here. So many people want to be me. Okay, hey, listen. I want to make sure we get the right info out. Rock, thank you so much for being here again. Welcome as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. Joe, any final thoughts for the intercontinental lover? Rock Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Just thanks nope. for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast tonight. You've been absolutely amazing. We can't wait to talk to you again, so you have a very good night. Excellent. And those people who send me the email, you want to attend one of those events, you mentioned Wrestle Talk Podcast, you will be my guest. Want to make a donation? That's great. Otherwise, it's my treat. Everyone remember, don't, don't believe anything you hear, only half of what you see. Look at the other side of every issue, and don't be manipulated I'll talk with you again soon. This has been the first, the only, the original, Mr. Wonderful of professional wrestling, Rock Riddle. Hit the music. Boom, Thanks, baby. WrestleTalk Podcast episode 313 is going to break. Guys, we're pushing back Logan Frost just a couple of minutes so we can go to break and bring on the FWWC. But if you want to talk about the best interviews in professional wrestling today, you got to make sure to visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Support all our wonderful sponsors. Big shout-out to the real Rock Riddle at gmail.com. You guys want to be at one of his events? You get to be a special guest. We're hooking you up 24-7. And before we go to break, I want to make this announcement. If you want your opportunity to win the Zack Ryder autographed picture, 100% free, all you got to do is this. you got to go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. You leave us a review, you and one other person who leaves us a review, you're going to get to be featured on the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. The two opponents will go against each other, and whoever wins that, Jonesy, will win the Zack Ryder autograph picture, certified 100% legitimate, courtesy of our boy the KOP and the WrestleTalk Podcast. You can't tell me, Daddy, that that ain't too freaking sweet. Hardcore Hoss, you know what to do, bro. Hit that music. We'll be back in two minutes with the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC.
about to make a ring, grab your ponchos. But don't you touch my chips and cheese because it's nachos. And now I got lettuce, so I got tacos. So now I got more greens than a snot nose. So I got your top three. Yeah, I mean your top two. Got our legs in the air, like to Mr. Dropkick. I'll even eat an Asian broad, so I need some chopsticks. Everybody gon' say it's rockin' when I drop this. <laughs> oh, I'm riding with like four bitches. And then I leave the club and probably have more bitches. And I don't play a sport, but guarantee the score digits. And then I reel them in. <laughs> That's more bitches. I love Mary Jane, just call me Spider-Man. And then we gon' twist it all, I need the lighter, man. Hit it with me, or you can watch me do it. They all hitting my phone, and I say I'm fucking cool and come out. I'm just coolin' with my gang, man. Plenty of the Mary Jane, take it to the brain, boom. Ask me tomorrow, tell you the same thing. If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame. Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing. What I'm doing, what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. Henny that I'm sippin' in the blunt that I'm pullin'. Old, old school caddy, that's a whip that I pull in. Ballet park, you ain't even gotta pull in. And I'm chillin' at the club. My niggas just flex in the paper like a limo, cause that shit is on stress. Chillin' at the party, sippin' the four loco. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jokes, and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Hardcore Hoss. 
WWC. How you doing tonight? Doing, I think we're doing good, Hoss. What's on your mind, brother? Well, you know, this uh, the other night I was attacked from behind, and I'm still waiting on an answer on whether I get a match Friday night from this attack. Hoss, here, here's what I know for sure. In the FWWC... There's always a lot of situations that are unpredictable. And I'm not really sure you're going to have to talk to your general manager about that match. But what I do know is that just a few seconds ago, the WrestleTalk podcast and, of course, the FWWC posted a promo. And that promo relates to the Hefty Boys. And the Dark Realm Trios Tournament. So, what is it about? Are you guys, I mean, from what I understand, you guys are out of the tournament, but you're still talking about it. So, can you kind of bring us up to date on what your intentions are? Well, it seems there's been a loophole found. And with this loophole, the Hefty Boys are back in the Dark Realms Tournament. That's right. You may have thought we were one and done, but no, no, no. We are back in the tournament, and we plan on going the full distance this time and winning this thing. Very, very nice. I love the confidence. Now, Hoss, you talked about the attack that happened just this week. Can you give us a couple of details in about 30 seconds? Well, it seems that – A.J. Atticus decided he wanted to distract Hardcore Hoss. And Hardcore Hoss was attacked from behind after that distraction. And, well, now Hardcore Hoss wants his revenge. And I do plan on getting it. Well, Hardcore Hoss, there's only one bit of business relating to you before we let you go. Allow me, Luke Roberts, Drake Lee, our founder, Nightmare Jones, the head administrator of the FWWC, and every single member of the WrestleTalk family and the FWWC universe to wish you a very happy birthday today, sir. We love you, and we hope you've had a great one. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Hoss. Well, always great talking to you. Guys, I've got about five minutes before Logan Frost comes on. Get your questions ready. I've got quite a few. I know Jones has quite a few. But we're going to let a couple of callers in, or you guys can message us through the Facebook Live. We've got a lot of people watching right now. Shout out to y'all. Much love. Also, shout out to my Miami Heat, by the way. I hope they beat the Celtics. If I wasn't doing this, that's what I'd be watching. Up next, ladies and germs, Let's jump right into our next caller, a man who now holds the FWWC Undisputed Legends Championship over his shoulder, a man that I would not give him his props until he proved that he could come out big on one of the big shows. And he did, ladies and gentlemen, at SummerSlam, he became that champion, and he joins us now representing the Inferno brand, Amigos, Mother Love It. 
What's the word, Night Owl? What's the word, man? Hey, baby, we're just trying to get it over here. You already know what the deal is. What's going on, man? Give us an update. Well, you see, yesterday... I kind of got to break in a new free agent, you know, just a little fodder, keep things going. So I had to destroy him real quick. But the highlight of my night was being the referee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell us who this free agent is. You destroyed them, but their very first match was against the Undisputed Lasers champion. So let that lead your analysis on on the rookie, bro. They gonna okay. Die, or are they All just right. a one hitter quit? So, you are my analysis. I got you. So the dude I went up against, he uh, he was Brody Blade, and of course you already know I'm about to talk a little smack. He doesn't come in looking <laughs> like Megan from The Walking Dead, and it's like okay. So I'm sitting there watching <laughs> this promo, and first of all. You're going against a member of Inferno, but you got an infinite tag in your promo. (sighs) But, but, I did enjoy his promo. I'm not going to lie. I I really hope this cat sticks around because I like his energy. I do. I really hope he sticks around because he's got good energy for here in the FWWC. Heck, uh, you gave him a hell of a welcome last night. You gave him a hell of a welcome. Well, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Sick wants him next. Very nice. I love to hear that. So, last bit of business, and you were going to get into it a second ago. Tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up next. Mm, Well, Friday night. I got the team with Saint against the freaking Crystal Lake Killers again, so we'll see how that goes. And I've been having to look over my shoulder after last night, if you weren't watching the way the uh, main event ended between Stitches and uh, Simeon Mayhem. Stitches got left laying in a pool of his own blood by the hands of yours truly. And Samuel Mayhem disappeared. I can't wait, Remy, for this upcoming Friday for the FWWC tonight, which is a full hour and a half of nothing but the FWWC, that's Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. If you're in a wheelchair, if you're financial means, if you're physical means, if you're circumstantial means, don't allow you to be a legitimate real-life wrestler like Rock Riddle or Logan Frost. This is the place to go. And I'll tell you what, this is not your daddy's Ethan. Real championships, promos, real competition, not somebody scripting everything out for you. The FWWC is the place to be. My sincerest apologies to Nightmare Jones, El Diablo, and GM Susie Haas. I would have loved to get you guys on, but it is time, Nightmare Jones, for our second featured guest of the evening, and I could not be any more excited. Haas, I I want you to cue up some music. I want it to go hard, because now we've got an exclusive interview with Logan Frost. He's also known as Bilbo the Elf, 
Logan Frost has been in the professional wrestling world for almost six years now. Uh, currently residing in South Dakota, my man Logan has trained under uh, Josh Barr, uh, Eric Baden, Doc Luther, the grappler, and he's also worked WCWC. Dude's been all over the place in a relatively short period of time, and he is our upcoming guest for episode 313 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know what to do, Hoss. Hit that music as we welcome in for the very first time, Logan Frost. What's going on? Nightmare Jones, what's up? Happy holidays, guys. Oh, my God. Can you believe we're so close to Christmas? I cannot wait. It is so wonderful. And thank you for having me on. It is such a pleasure. introduction i'm actually in north dakota not south dakota but that's okay easily confused for me. I mean, you know, years in Santa's workshop, you, you get pretty good at things. Well, I imagine so. I guess my first <laughs> question related to professional wrestling, uh, Logan, is you're very unique in the world of professional wrestling because so many other people try to portray, portray people that they're not. You're true to yourself in your character in the world of professional wrestling. You don't have to put on a front or or seven years old uh my dad he sat me down in front of the tv and i had you know really high energy as a kid as i believe most professional wrestlers do in one way or another 
Uh, and he I sat agree. me down, did, turned did on professional wrestling, and I. Huh? Did you hear our interview with Rock Riddle? The dude's been in the business for 35, almost 40 years, and that energy has not gone away. It's obvious. Sorry, what was that? You're breaking up, bud. Oh, no, what I was saying, Logan, is you're absolutely right about the energy. Because we just had about a 40-minute interview with the legendary Rock Riddle, who's been in the business for close to 40 years, and that energy has not left him. He's clearly up in age, and he still has that same passion that you're talking about. So I 100% agree with you in that energy that's necessary to be in professional wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's it's incredible, and, you know, you got to have it. You got to have it. You got to love it. And if I'm being completely honest, it's hell of addicting. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no question about it. Now, I want to ask you about something just to, to kind of probe your pro wrestling mind a little bit. So you talk about that addiction a little bit earlier on in the show, and I know Joe will like this topic. We were talking about Matt Hardy and the situation at, uh, at AEW where that unfortunate accident happened with him and Sammy Guevara, we, uh, some, some people were making the argument that wrestlers have a difficult time letting it go. Now, I know you're relatively young in the business, so may be, this may be a little hard for you to answer, but what is it about professional wrestling that makes it so addicting in your opinion? Oh, uh, for, well, I think answers will vary depending on the wrestler, but for me personally, it has always been uh, being able to go out there, see the fans, see them react, see them just kind of be that person to, you know, for lack of a better term, put a smile on their face. Now, I'm curious. I've never had the opportunity. I happen to work as a commentator here in the Midwest. Joe works as a, a professional wrestler. I mean, I'm sorry, as a professional wrestling referee up on the Eastern Panhandle. So you have a unique experience that's a little bit different from us. Can you talk to us a little bit about your first experience in front of a live crowd? Ooh, um, <laughs> I had the shakes beyond all reasonable belief. Um, like I, I stepped through the curtain and I just, you know, you get that deer in the headlights and I'm like, Oh fuck. Or, uh, before I go on, am, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> well, I is internet radio. So yes, sir. Absolutely. Be yourself, please. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> if that's the case, then I was deer in the head headlights. I the first thought that came through my mind my opponent, I, I was first to the ring, and there's just a referee in there. I, you know, I do my entrance, I get in the ring, and my opponent's music hits, and that's where the oh, fuck moment happened was like, oh, what, what, what was my first lesson in training again? <laughs> Out the window. <laughs> yeah, but then... Um, then my opponent, uh, his, uh, his name is Lone Star, he, uh, he ties up with me, and all my training came back in, li- like, you, you know in TV shows where you have that, like, flashback of, like, seven months' worth of training? That happened to me right yeah. then and there, and I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. 
and then like two minutes into the match, the crowd's adrenaline or the crowd cheering, the adrenaline hit, and next thing you know, I I was permanently addicted to this sport, and I fucking love it. <laughs> okay, so so then let me let me piggyback on your answer. Going back to my original question, which I'm having a hard time remembering today. I guess I must be getting old. So when when you take a look back, and I'm sure you're you're a wrestling fan, uh, just like all of us are. What do you take from somebody like Matt Hardy, who continues to put himself in harm's way, not on purpose, obviously. If there's anybody that knows about you know coming off ladders for 20, 25 feet high, it's the one and only Matt Hardy. But do you think, looking into the future, that it's going to be just as difficult for you when that time comes that you have to hang them up because the adulation and the roar of the crowd is so addicting? I mean, like, uh, um, I think over time, like, kind of like uh, I heard I heard some, like, I think I was reading an article or listening to a podcast, but Matt Hardy has, like, you know, as he keeps getting up there in years, he's developed, uh, he's changed his style. Well, not, or yet he's changed his style in order to compensate for, you know, years and years of wear and tear. So I think for me personally, I want to compensate my style so that way I can keep doing this for years and years and years and keeping the fans holiday spirit alive. And then also going back to it, like it, it's hard to give up. I mean, uh, on my resume, uh, I was a touring lighting designer. So I traveled with, uh, few shows. Um, I did Disney on ice, uh, a dinosaur show. And it was, you know, it was hard to take that step away from professional wrestling, but anytime I was in a town with a buddy or something like that, I would always, I'd go out and I'd be like, Hey dude, get, do you have a ring I can train in? So I, as far as stepping away goes, I mean, granted I'm young. I don't see myself stepping away anytime soon. <laughs> So that, that is a very difficult question. Comes, I'm curious. And I'm not suggesting that you should, but when you think about that adulation, do you imagine it being a hard moment when you finally get there? Um, absolutely. I think, honestly, that will be, like, you know, right up there with uh, th- that will be the hardest decision of my life. I'm more than certain. Wow. There's no doubt about it. I know once you kind of get that flowing through your blood, it's absolutely difficult uh, to, to get it out. As, uh, as we can hear from somebody young like you that's still got a long way to go. And, uh, you know, somebody like Matt Hardy, which is a conversation that we were having in the first hour. Uh, I've got a few more questions, but I don't want to be selfish. Joe, why don't you jump in here with our second featured guest of the evening, the one and only Loki Frost. Absolutely. You know, it's been absolutely amazing interview so far. Uh, you know, um, man, just just to know, you know, that, that, that you've only been in the business for almost six years and you've got this absolute love for it. Like, you know, I, I know people that, you know, have been wrestling for 
many, many, many years. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand to be a professional wrestler or even in the wrestling business, the one thing you have to do is you have to love the business. Like, it's it's a business that it's not just a every once in a while thing. It's, like, almost every single weekend. Like, it takes a lot of, de- it takes a lot of dedication to, uh, uh, you know, be in the professional wrestling business. What kind of dedication have, have you put into the wrestling business? Uh the sorry, you broke up there for a second. Uh, was the question, what kind of dedication have I put in? Yes. Oh, um, honestly, I think it would just be like, you know, uh, when I was first getting started out in professional wrestling, I didn't really have the financial backing it took to do the traveling, do this, do that. So I had to find other ways to do that. So anytime I, like, what, as I mentioned before, when I was touring, I would always find places to train. Like, I, I would go on the Facebook, like, I even, I'll fully admit to using Google a few times when I was in certain territories, and I would just be like, hey, can I come train at your school for a day? And most of the time, trainers and whatnot, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, give me a few bucks. So constantly learning, constantly um, feeding, for lack of a better term, feeding that inner addiction to keep on learning in professional wrestling. Because one, one of my former colleagues, he told me that once you start, uh, stop learning in this business, it's over. And mm-hmm. I've kind of taken that to heart. Oh, Absolutely. The professional wrestling business is the one business that you are always, 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 always learning. But, you know, you have not just skilled in professional wrestling, but but you also have a vast knowledge uh, of uh, uh, of lighting, design, and stage management. You've, you've, you've toured with, you know, multiple bands and uh, entertainment shows. What made you want to get into uh, the world of lightning, the de- lighting design and stage management? Um, that was always kind of a thing I did in high school, and when I went got into college, uh, I kind of I kind of had a realization one day. Uh, my or my theater professor, he, she comes and talks to me, and because I'm pretty good at lighting design and stage management. And she just goes, hey, you know you can make a career out of this. And I, you know, it's one of the very many deer in the headlights uh, experiences I have in my life where it's just like, wait a second, I can make money doing light, playing with lights and telling people what to do? (laughs) So I just was like, all right, here's the video. That's awesome. Yeah, I... Absolutely. Um, my last question before I throw it back to uh, Renee, you know, you you trained under the guidance of guys like Josh Bauer, Eric Baden, Doc Luther, the Grappling, and the WCWC. Uh, what was it like training un- under those gentlemen? Um, honestly, if uh, if I can be a hundred percent honest, I mere like using a metaphor here, I merely like 
I only touched, like barely dipped my toe in the vast well of knowledge all of those gentlemen had, all the, all the trainers I had at the WCWC, and all the trainers that I've come into contact with across, you know, professional wrestling, I will be the first person to admit I have barely scratched the surface of, like, what they could teach me. And mm-hmm. I, if, you know, granted, if I could have had more time, I would have... I would have dug that well, and I would have learned as way more than I already know, or all that I think I know. I mean, granted, I'm still green when it comes to the business. <laughs> That's fair. I, lo- I love the humility. Well, Joe, I'm going to jump back in here and ask huh? my final question. I want to jump back in here and ask my final question, and this is it. So, Logan, I love how you came in. You came in strong with the character. You backed off of it. We've actually had people try to go the full 30 minutes in character, and I'm always like, okay. <laughs> and if you want, that's how you want to do it, we can do it that way. Uh, but, but you clearly have the enthusiasm and the energy. For people who don't know, can you talk us through some of your career highlights up to this point and maybe some of the lowlights that you had out there on the road? Um... As far as uh, let's start from let's start from the ground up. When I when I first started professional wrestling, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I had no idea what Who does? character or any huh? Who who the hell does? It's a crazy business. <laughs> uh, a former tag partner I used to have, he had this golden idea right out of the gate and I kind of wanted to go with him on it, but at the same time I kind of took my steps back because that was his deal. It was his gold. And, you know, he's doing amazing things in the Pacific Northwest. So I, I love him to death. I still keep in contact with him. And he's still, he is still gold. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, but as far as a career low goes, um, there was a time in, like, my career where I, I kind of thought about hanging up my boots because a promotion, they they kind of were going under in a bad way, and they were they were kind of dragging me under too. So it was just kind of a depressing time at said promotion. And you know, luckily, I, or I shouldn't say luckily, because now that that promotion is again doing fucking phenomenal. I love them to death, and they're making headway, but I had to abandon ship because it just, it wasn't a right place for me mentally. So, and that, that is a common thing with, you know, green guys. They do get, they do get like older veterans in the business. They do get in the heads of us younger guys. But as far as career highs go, I mean, oh, it's just, it is phenomenal. I love it. Like, I literally every single match I've ever had, I would consider all of them career highlights because I've learned something in every single one of my matches. It's not just like, oh, hey, I wrestled this one guy one time. It's no, it's every single match I've ever had. I make that match memorable. I love the like people that I enter the ring with and it just, I'm there, I'm making memories and I'm, you know, putting a show on for the people who pay their hard-earned dollar for a ticket. Well, you know what? That goes to a question Jonesy always asks, 
And he's like, what do you expect people to get out of watching a Logan Frost match? And it sounds like you just answered that question, Joe. So we got two for one there. Well, Logan, you know what? There's one thing that we learned during our research that we know is a guarantee when it comes to Logan Frost. And I think it's attributed to your uh, six successful years in the world of professional wrestling, and that is your competitive nature. You like to compete, you like to fight, and you like to win. So we would love to, to, to invite you to join us in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, where you oh. will go one on one, where you will go one on one with our very own Nightmare Jones in a little bit of a trivia challenge. The question is, amigo, are you game? <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted for Christmas. What's the name of my Nightmare opponent Jones. again? Nightmare Jones. Well, Nightmare I hope Jones. Nightmare Jones has his happy holiday face on, because either way, one of us is getting what we want for Christmas this year. Think of Nightmare Jones as the Grinch. Oh, <gasps> how dare you? I bet with a little bit of holiday cheer, we can turn that frown upside down. God. Yeah, yeah, Josie, yeah. You're you're taking the side of the Grinch. Well, listen, I would tell you how I feel about it, but I think the legendary Iron Sheik could sum it up a little bit better than me. Fucking bullshit! <laughs> All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. In a few moments. Oh, our audio engineer, in a few moments, our audio engineer will hit the theme music for tonight's game show challenge, and I will explain the rules. Hardcore Hoss, you know what to do, Daddy. Hit that music. WCW, WWE, NXT, 
tonight's winner. Jonesy, Frost, are you guys ready? Let's do this. All right, oh, we're going to do a sample question. We're going to do a sample question to make sure you guys understand the rules of the game. So here's sample question so that we are 100% sure. Known for her loud screams and crazy attitude, this woman held the WCW Cruiserweight Championship on Dancing. two occasions. Daphne is correct. Nightmare Jones, you would have gotten a point. Frost, do you <laughs> understand the rules of the game? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Merry we give Christmas. the clues. We give the clues. Merry Christmas to you, too. We give the clues. Do not wait. Do not be afraid to interrupt. If you know the answer, simply shout it out. Are you gentlemen ready? But interrupting will put you on the naughty list. No, 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 no. It's allowed in this game. Uh, uh, don't, don't worry. It, it's okay. You're not going on the oh. naughty list. Okay, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. All right, question number one. Only two professional wrestlers have held both the WWE slash NXT. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me, I'm sorry, I read that question wrong. Let me start over. Only two professional wrestlers have held the WWE slash NXT Cruiserweight Championship twice since the championship was revealed in 2016. One of those two is Neville. The longest reigning champion often claimed to be the realest guy in the room. Enzo Amore! Enzo Amore! Enzo Amore is correct, and let me check with Hardcore Hoss. It sounds that just by half a millisecond, Nightmare Jones has scored the first fall tonight. You're doing wonderful, well done, Nightmare. Nightmare Jones. Very well done. Two questions remaining. Question number two. Between WCW and WWE, this professional wrestler has had the most cruiserweight championship reigns with eight. Hailing from California, this man recently... Ray Mysterio is correct. Nightmare Jones, very well done. You have officially won tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. But guess what? There's a little bit of a wild card in tonight's game. Question number three is actually worth two points. And here it goes. This retired professional wrestler had a professional wrestling school in Canada and is also a former WWE producer. At one time in WCW, he held the WCW United States Championship, Cruiserweight Championship, and say that again? Dean Malenko. That is incorrect, sir. At at one time in WCW, he held the WCW United States 
Mega shout out to Royal Mills Transportation, uh, King Cade at the Oak Park Mall, uh, I-70 Sports Media for all your Missouri sports needs. And, of course, where would we be without the wonderful folks of the FWWC and Royal Mills Transportation? It doesn't really get any better than the sponsors that we have, especially since eSports lets us take over their facility every big five pay-per-view. That's uh, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. The WrestleSoft Podcast, the FWWC, and eSports are the ones getting it done for you. I want to thank each and every single person that tuned in tonight. For those of you that are still watching, please hit that share button. Please hit that like button and continue to support the Wrestle Talk Podcast by visiting WrestleTalkPodcast.com. We will be back next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to thank all of you for being here, especially all of our wonderful, beautiful wives that let us do this without, you know, doing that Lorena Bobbitt deal. Okay? Thank you so much. We love the ladies. Rule number one, as always, is the wives must go over. Hardcore Hoss, you know what to do, baby. Hit me with something funky as we start getting ready for next week's edition, episode 314 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Grace and peace, and everybody, we are out. Peace.